here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald, and we are coming to you right off the back of King of Pro Wrestling, an instant reaction show, and we're going to have plenty of hot takes for you today, are we not, Damon? Yeah, they're going to be uh, fresh out of the oven, um, and boy, oh boy, <laughs> I'm sure, Joel, we, we've, we've chatted a little bit before we got on here, and uh, we... Uh, we're taking a, a little survey, a little lay of the land of uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Online universe, and uh, boy, it's um, it's a it's it's not it's not a hodgepodge because there's not a lot of differing opinions. It's either you're one side or you're the other side, and I think on this show, if uh, if this floated your boat. If this was the pro wrestling you love, and and if this is the the the, the style of uh, where we're heading in the future, this particular podcast might not be for you <laughs> because we do we have a lot to discuss and go over here today, Joel. Let's get straight out there and give a shout out to listener Floyd, who set that challenge for us last week and said that if we could get through the whole show without bashing WWE, he would buy two t-shirts. And Floyd, a gentleman, a man of his words, he did exactly that. He's got his two t-shirts. So enjoy them, Floyd. I know that Floyd is a big fan of Cody Rhodes. Um, so I apologize in advance, Floyd. <laughs> so, yeah, listen. First of all, we appreciate you supporting uh, us, and uh, again, you are a man of your word when it comes to that. Uh, and again, this is going to be a a bitter pill for those of you who still want to hop on that that Cody bandwagon and still want to hop on that uh, U.S. expansion mode that we're in. Kids, I gotta I gotta tell you the truth here. This this main we're gonna work our way down because we're fresh off the main event. I am I was one I was not a fan of this match. I thought it stunk. Uh, it was a bunch of moves with a Z, and and with it was moves with a Z and s- such over the head hit you over the head with a hammer storyline nonsense it was just oh i uh i'm i'm glad it's done i'm glad i'm glad we can move on from it uh, hopefully but lordy lou uh it really just felt like a placeholder main event on a show that 
was 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 there. There were some bright spots, and we'll definitely talk about it. But you know, if we're working our way down, that was a main event that certainly was not for me. All right. Well, I want to ask you about something that popped up during the week, uh, which was in the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter. It said there's a new regime in charge. Not just Harold May as a new president, but also others that he's put in key positions. The new people in charge, for the most part, don't have any background in wrestling. So there are things that some things said and etiquette that are different. They've replaced popular long-time officials that the wrestlers trusted and respected. The question a lot of wrestlers are asking is why a company that was on such a major business upswing has gutted the business team in charge during the upswing. Obviously, the idea is to expand the business outside of Japan, but there is concern. Damon, thoughts on that, please. You could you you could tell by something as kind of as throwaway as their social media, right? You can, can you see, and that, again, I am not Mister Social Media. I hate people, <laughs> but I'm not there. Um, but you could see from the tone or read from the tone of of whoever's running their social media now. It's a different feel, and it's a it's a different take. It's a different style. Um, look, I read that, and then I saw that someone else, I, uh, I think it was the the, the, the world-famous Rovert, um, who tweeted it. It's concerning to me, and I've been saying that a lot recently. It's, it's concerning to me in that, again, I don't know who exactly was replaced, and I don't know what roles they, are, they were or what have you. But if if word coming back is that people in the ring and people in the promotion are questioning this and are apparently somewhat you know upset about these changes that are being made, I think that is reason for caution and concern. Um, now I don't think that they have any direct relationship to what we saw in the ring today. Uh, I think that is more to do with people getting their wishes in higher positions within the the booking decision. So to me, I I don't think those changes that were made are directly, you know, fingers on the pulse of what happens in the ring. Um, But even if it, even if there's a, a, a smidge of that, that is fucking troubling. I gotta be honest. That is troubling. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. He was brought in primarily to be the head of this expansion into the West. That's what his job is. So mm. it's to be expected that when you're brought in in that high position in the company, that yeah, sure, you're going to bring some of your own guys in. I think we were quite negative last week and I, I mean i stand by that because there are red flags there but i guess we'll have to wait and see how the next six months or so play out in the booking because that's the big question here. like who's booking this is there pressure being put on gado if he is still booking the product to bring certain western wrestlers in or push certain wrestlers or book certain matches and like you say i don't know if we're seeing evidence of that so far or if this main event that we've just watched is as a result of Kenny Omega, basically. So, right. what, what do you think of the fact that we got this three-way match on top? Is this as a result of Kenny being a diva and saying, "Oh, I don't want to fight Ibushi. I'm, uh, I don't want to have the rematch until it's on a grand stage." Should he just do what he's told? Like, let's go back to Hiroshi Tanahashi being champion, and when he gets told, "Hey, 
you're losing the belt to Manabu Nakanishi. No questions asked. One, two, three, enjoy your title run. I mean, on paper, that sounds like a great theory, but we all know in the history of pro wrestling that there, there are plenty of people that can dictate who they want, when they want, and how they want, right? And it, it, is, it is always a better situation when your champion is kind of on board with what is being asked of them. Um, the, you know, when you have that disgruntled champion at the top, um, that does trickle down. I truly believe that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that there's any question that this was a um, – what, what are the kids calling them? You know, this is a vanity project, <laughs> right? Um, the, what, how this match turned out and, who, and what this, this – you know, and who was involved. And, yeah, it just – it does feel that way. Look, I am not one of those people that are going to sit here and tell you – we, New Japan needs to go back and, you know, only have Japanese talent be on top and only have uh, a Japanese focus and a uh, the westernization of New Japan is is the is the, the, the evilness that will will take over that company and bring it to the ground. That's not that's that's not it. I, but I think there can be a healthy balance. And I think a lot of that healthy balance is stuff that you saw. You know, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, New Japan has had a magical run. 2018 is where it's kind of like when you have a championship team and, and, and you have all the glory and you have all the trophies and champagne is popping in, in, in a locker room at the end of every season because you guys are it. But then the crew and the squad has a little bumps, a little dings. Little things that that okay, we need to shore up our uh, our 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 defense, or we need to look at uh, our goaltending situation, or we need a new uh, whatever you know. Throw in any fucking dumb sports analogy you want to put in, and but you know we, maybe we can ride it out another year. Then the next year comes, and again some more troubling things. Maybe you don't win the championship. Maybe you fall just a little short in, 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 you know, the other team was just a little hotter streak and whatever. And you make excuses for that. And then the next year it's like, okay, we're another year older and another, we still have the same problems. That's where we are right now. I feel like it's not that we're not in contention. It's not that we're not uh, in the fight. It's, Oh, there's some things that are, that are, that are head scratchers. That might not be the way that you, you you'd want to go, and and this show is one of those shows that to me screams that like whoa what the f-? I mean it's the end of a program we're hoping right that that I the majority of the, at least the people that we speak with and the majority of feedback we get you know people weren't the biggest fans of this whole Golden Elite, Bullet Club, Kenny, Cody. We couldn't wait for it to be over. That's not me saying it. I think it's a lot of our listeners that are that, that say that. Hopefully that's been put to bed. And now we got this this the, the whole Bullet Club thing again, which is a, a, just a weird thing. I don't know. Uh, there's just something not, not right here that, again, we're going to try and touch on, but out of the gate, out of out of King of Pro Wrestling, this might have been one of my least favorite New Japan shows in in quite a while. Well, let's dig into the main event a bit more. 
Uh, well, first of all, Kenny Omega's outfit when he came out. I don't know if that was some Final Fantasy VII references, but it was some next-level weeb shit, even for Kenny Omega standards. That was pretty breathtaking. And the match itself was everything that I feared it was going to be yep. last week, because I, I sat on the show with you and I said I thought it was going to be terrible, and I hate to say I told you so, and you know I, I I don't like taking victory laps, Damon. You know me, but uh, you're very humble. It was not good. It was not good. Um, it like you said, most of it felt overly choreographed and rehearsed. Like, oh, you've got to be in this spot to take this bump and then I'm going to do this move and then this guy has to sit on the top rope for about five minutes waiting for this to happen and there are a couple of botches like the avalanche German suplex botch that went pretty wrong and some production issues like the camera totally missing Kenny Omega taking the table bump which comes with the territory when you've got multi-man matches because it is difficult for the production team to keep focus on what what are they supposed to be looking at when you've got more than two guys in the ring um what I will say, they did get me with a couple of the near falls. Like when uh, Ibushi did a Kamigoye and Kenny grabbed Red Shoe's hands just out of screen. I thought that was quite well executed. And I actually bought the, the near fall with Cody doing the crossroads and pinning Ibushi. Because I thought at that point that Gado completely lost his mind. And they were actually going to put the belt on Cody Rhodes. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But... What I really don't understand, and I'm left scratching my head, is why Ibushi took the pinfall here. Because I thought the whole point is that you've got Cody in this match so he can take the fall. And you can, you know, quote-unquote, protect that rematch with Kenny and Ibushi somewhere down the line. Whether you're saving it for the Tokyo Dome or Madison Square Garden, if they even get to it at all. But then Ibushi just takes a clean pinfall. And this whole thing, this whole year with the Golden Lovers and all that stuff, to me, I think Ibushi has been a real victim of that. And aside from the fantastic G1 they had and the brilliant run to the final, excellent match, he's just felt like Kenny Omega's sidekick here, which I think is doing him a disservice because he's an incredible wrestler in his own right and a great character and someone who I think should be one of the top stars in New Japan. But the way he's presented basically is, oh, is Kenny Omega's boyfriend, which I don't think is doing him any favours. So for me, the sooner this is out of the way and he can concentrate on being his own man the better yeah but that's and- always been the story with him though you know he's always been that enigma it, 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 if, i can't tell you how many shows i've i've talked about abushi just being why can't they just put a, a, the intercontinental on him or why couldn't they just put the never on him and why is he doing this learning institute science pro wrestling thing and why is he you know, doing a WWE shot. I guess he's going to WWE. Um, why doesn't he just sign? <laughs> right? He always seems to be this guy with so much just star power that is a is a guy who for for his and and it's not even like where it's Goto where you're like ah oh, here's a guy who's he's really good. Um, really talented, but man, they just whatever it is, the promotion just doesn't see it in him. With Ibushi, it's everyone sees it in him. Everybody wants to give it to him on a silver platter. Take the fucking thing, and he never does, right? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how Kota Ibushi comes out of this looking well. He he doesn't, and I thought the same thing. Now, again, he's the only guy not wearing gold in that match. But, yeah, I mean, to me, that was... Like, that's why Cody's there, right? Like, why would he... I, I, I don't know. That, that had me scratching my head, too. And and for every peak and valley in this storyline, 
like where like at the end of the day what what is the storyline with everything that we've seen this year when it comes to this golden elite nonsense like what 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 has all what is everything that we have seen what has this led to as of today it it feels like it we went through this whole song and dance for what? What? For, for, for what? Where is this going? What is this doing? What does this mean? I I don't know. I'm I'm like okay. It's it just it literally feels like okay. We're here <laughs> with no real resolution. Feeling I don't know. I just I scratching my head on this one. Two points to build off that. One is that this Omega Ibushi story has been building for years and years and years from when he first came to Japan. Mm. And they had their two matches before before the G1 match. And the whole story each time has been Kenny Omega is not good enough to beat Kota Ibushi because he's lost in all three of those singles matches. So <clears throat> that's what you're building to. You're building to the big match for the belt where you finally see who's the better man at this point in time. But he's just pinned him. Yeah. One, two, three, middle of the ring, Kenny Omega's pinned Kota Ibushi. So... One, that's gone out the window. The second thing I'm going to say is, are you excited about the, the possibility of Omega versus Ibushi again? Because I've got to say, I'm not sure if I am anymore. I know it would be a a incredible spectacle of a match. It will be. It would be a great match. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, and here's the thing: like for all of our negativity, because I know we're going to hear how negative we are. <laughs> um. It, at the end of the day, those two guys put them in a ring, and I'm 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 all eyes. I I I, I would be hyped for it. Um, it's it, it's lost the shine though, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really has. And, and I'm not saying it's either of their fault. I mean, this is a booking issue. There's lots of issues at hand, but it's not as it exciting as it was. It is their fault. Who who else's fault is it? I mean, it's not well, like it's not like they just said they said okay, we're going to stick. Any other random guy in this match? It's Cody Rhodes. I mean, there's something to be said there that he was handpicked to be in this match, right? I'm talking more about the fact that they were put in the same G1 block. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, look, I think this whole thing has been... Uh, it, there's plenty of things throughout the entire year with this where you can kind of finger point and look and pick holes at and be like, What? It doesn't make any sense. And I guess that's really one of the things that we we sit here and we pump the chest of New Japan booking throughout the years because everything is logical and everything makes sense. And there's storylines and there's payoffs and there's and this one, the for, for me, one of the biggest ones of the year, just uh it's just seems like I don't want to say this, but it seems like there's some party, and there's some part of this whole booking plan for this angle and, and this storyline, where one part of it is really into it, and another part really isn't into it, right? right? And like, like, and I'm, I don't, and again, I have no idea, and I'm speculating, but it feels like if this is a Kenny and 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 Cody thing where they're pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and maybe New Japan is pushing back and be like, you know what? I don't really want to do this. And then they have to do these things in Ring of Honor and they have to do these continuation storylines on being the elite and they have to do all these different side projecty things because truth be told, New Japan is, might be like, uh, I don't I 
feeling that. <laughs> right? And he, he gets pacified with stuff like this. Okay, we'll give you this fucking three-way match, but you're not going to do all the other nonsense. Like, I really feel like there is other things that those people would want to do to help promote their brand as opposed to help the direction of the company. It really feels that way to me. I could be dead wrong, but that's just me. All right. Well, there are going to be a lot of people who love this match and thought it was really exciting. How? Uh, I, How? Uh, is, it, was it, it was exciting. I, I don't know. What, I'm, try, I'm trying to be play devil's advocate here because we've heard from a lot of people who said that this was great. This is way better than they thought it was going to be. I'm trying to see it from their point of view. I'm struggling, I, admittedly. Okay. Give, give me what, what, what would it be? I mean, listen, I thought there were some cool moves, right? I thought there were some... Uh, and I, here's the thing. I'm going to give him credit. I'm going I'm to give him credit where credit is due. There were moments in this match, Joel, where I felt like it could have turned a corner. Things kind of got gotten tightened up, and this would have turned into a real solid match. There, there, were, there were moments where I really felt like we were, we were heading there. And then for whatever reason... The steam went out of the ship, and that was it. Like it was like it fell apart, and then it felt like they were trying to get it back again, and then it fell apart. And and speaking to that, that's the danger of of, a, of these triple threat matches. It, there really is. I know everybody gets excited for them for whatever reason, but to me, it's it, 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 it you are in a very slippery slope with those things, and I don't think this delivered at all. Yeah, they were falling back on that trope of one person taking a big bump, like getting put through a table or whatever, and then taking a nap for a few minutes while two guys in the ring go at it. So, I mean, I'm on your side. I hate triple threats. I think they're terrible. And I think this the, the fact that the way this match played out has uh, vindicated my original comment somewhat. But uh, well, I'm specifically, like when you say it fell apart, what do you think the issue was there? Do you think it was... a poorly laid out it went too long or it was badly executed or what um i don't think it went too long i don't think time was an issue it went over 30 and that's then that's fine um yeah i mean i i'm gathering it was the layout because you know if, if i'm being honest about it there, there it was a few moments there where i'm looking at my phone you know, I wouldn't. Let's let's put it this way. I wouldn't. I, we're we're hot off like the show went off the air. Boom, we hit record, and I still had time to kind of see Twitter feedback. When the fuck do I ever look at Twitter feedback? Especially given the fact that show's over, I got to record because I got to get out the fucking door and get in the car. Right? I, I uh, yeah, I, it's yeah. I think the the match layout was weird. I think. For the first time, I really saw what other people complain about when when it comes to the over the top uh, beat you over the head storyline stuff. Like that was just like, oh God Almighty, enough! It was not dissimilar to the Gargano Champa stuff, was it? I again, I saw people online comparing it too. and and I can and, you know you could see similarities. Let's put it that way. And and again, I think those matches. I I, I always enjoy those matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just seemed like that over the topness, and I was just like, why? Just let's just have a match here, and, and let's have a New Japan main event. And I don't think we got a New Japan main event. I thought we had a decent match, decent match, um, at and moments that 
that shined really well with really spectacular looking moves. But here's the thing. Kota Ibushi. Do you think this match would be in anywhere near? Is is this a top 20 Kota Ibushi match? Well, it's firmly behind pretty much all of his G1 matches. Yeah. Because he even had quite a good match with Tamatonga with yeah. all the shenanigans that entail into that. He hasn't been given that many singles opportunities. This is the thing why I can't really have him in the conversation for the rest of the year because Dominion, one of the biggest shows of the year, he's doing nothing. And yeah. I can't even, was he doing anything at Sakura Genesis? I can't even remember off the top of my head, which is probably not a good sign. He had a decent match with Cody Rhodes at Wrestle Kingdom, but he hasn't really been given that many chances to shine in singles matches this year. Past two years, would you put this match in in Kenny Omega's top ten in the past two years? No, no. Would you Definitely put this not of Kenny okay. Omega? No. Okay. Would you put this in Kota Ibushi's top ten matches past two years? No, because it's not for me. I hated it. Would you? Do you think anybody would have? Do you think anybody's yeah. sitting? You really think somebody on, on online right now is saying that match was in Kota Ibushi's top ten in the past two years? Yeah, definitely. Wow. I think just judging judging by the response we've heard on Twitter, some people really love this stuff. Do you think this is this is a, all right, Cody? Is this is this a top ten Cody match in the past two years? Because really, this is this was a this was a Cody star ranged match for me. Is this is this match in his top ten for the past two years? Yes, but that's a pretty low bar. To okay, that's that, sorry, that, Floyd. It's uh, all right, but so so I, I guess to sum it all up, if that's that's really our our issue, that this was a match that you could slide into Cody Rhodes's top ten, right? But in no way, shape, or form would you slide this match in on Coda's or Kenny's top 10 for the past two years right I, I don't think you could do it yes okay that and that's and that in essence is the is the problem that we have with this match what do you think of the reception that the crowd gave it live do you think they were enjoying it um in, in moments there were moments where you could hear the crowd enjoying it um but then there were other moments where they were just sitting on their hands um and, and it was flat um uh, i mean I, live crowds are are tough for me to to gauge sometimes. You know, I I think the 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 common misconception is that oh, Japanese crowds sit there with their hands on their lap and they are quiet throughout. And we both know that's not necessarily the case, right? They they can be Well, I, I was just going to jump in and say circumstantial evidence. When I was sitting there in Osaka Joe Hall for Dominion, there were a lot of fans, uh, Japanese included, chanting for Kenny, but yep. I'm not hearing those fans anymore. No, I mean, it, it, listen. That post match, that post match. You, I mean, and they always like the underdog or or the challenger. There is something to be said about that. But I mean, I think they were firmly behind Tanahashi. I I'll be truthful too. Wrestle Kingdom. I'm I'm a hundred percent on Tanahashi. I'm a hundred percent rooting for Tanahashi at this point. Uh, do you think he wins? More than I ever have. More, more than I ever have. I, I, I can say that. 
I, I there there is a feeling surrounding this company, and again, I could be dead wrong. There's just there is a feeling that I have that that Tanahashi wins this title at Wrestle Kingdom. What about Cody and Ibushi? What do you think they've got going forwards, um, particularly for Wrestle Kingdom? I'll tell you what. The one thing that was laid out, um, and and we're we're on our way to this, is one thing Andrew Rich, the great Andrew Rich, um, mentioned. I believe it was him, right? I'm almost certain that you mentioned it last week. Was uh, never title situation, right? And yes, and, and yeah, that it, was him. Yeah, it, it, the 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 stars are aligning with that. With uh, as we saw in this show, Tai Chi taking a fall to the great Will Ospreay. So, um, if that were to happen, that that would be a nice little uh, that'd be a nice nugget in the middle of a Wrestle Kingdom show. Zach, excuse me, not Zach. Uh, Will Osprey and uh, Coda. I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be down for that. That'd be, that'd be fun. Um, Cody, I mean, look, he's going to defend that U.S. title against somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't. Who that might be? Uh, I, I, who knows at this point? But um, you, I think the safe assumption is that he'll walk in there defending it against. Uh, Another American, it looks like, uh, or Canadian or, or Northern American, uh, and and that'll be that. Um, yeah, just I, it's right now. This lineup for King of Pro Wrestling is pretty much, or excuse me, this lineup for Wrestle Kingdom is pretty much how we kind of saw this go a few months ago. You know, this is this is kind of falling into place. Everything, all the pieces are going into our our victory lap. Wrestle Kingdom show. All right. Well, let's move to the semi-main event then, which was the uh, match for the heavyweight championship at the Tokyo Dome where Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Jay White. I don't know how long it was because they haven't updated the website yet. Oh. But there were some things that I liked about this match. Uh, I liked the commentary and they were drawing attention to this idea that Gado suggested to Okada that they recruit Jay White into chaos because he planned this whole thing from the start. I thought that was a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. Again, it is a superb character work from Jay White as usual. You know, little things like flipping off Maccabe, playing air guitar on Tanahashi's leg. But he's still relying on the cheating. We had the Gado interference. And I don't know, I, I could be on an island for this, but I felt the first half of this match was kind of slow, kind of boring. Um, but as it built up, uh, I, I actually I cheered when Tanahashi caught him in the inside cradle because there was all the shenanigans stuff going on and, and again I was just grateful that they hadn't lost their mind and put Jay White in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. It was a good finish. It got them out of a corner that they put themselves into, but I don't think the match was brilliant. Yeah. It was very sort of old school drama, smoke and mirrors, like you know I hate to say it, but Western style booking basically. And there is a definite ceiling on heel Jay White matches in terms of quality because I've seen him go out there without this gimmick and have brilliant matches. But the way he's being booked at the moment and the character, I don't think is allowing him to do that. I don't know if you, you would agree with me. Like yeah. The drama was fine. It seemed like the crowd were really into it. Huge pot for Tanahashi winning. Um, so the fans seem to love it. Yeah. And then we've got other issues. Well, Yeah, so what did you think? No, no, I mean... Uh, look, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything you said, and and you know, I, once again, the, the 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 new Japan Pro Wrestling subtlety hammer 
We get it already. He's a fucking heel. We get it. Jay White is a heel at this point, right? We get that he's sneaky and sinister, and we get that that uh, you know Gato is is, has turned on. We get it. We fucking get it. We don't need to see ball shots and brass knuckles and all that stuff. They're already heely as heels can be. We get it. Um, Now that being said. I thought this was a good match. Again, not, nothing great. Yet to see that great Jay White match. And again, that I think that as I said last week, that's the one thing that's holding him back. Is all he needs is that really unbelievable match on on a on a big stage. And and you know, the people that are on the fence with Jay White will certainly certainly hop right on over. We just want to see it. We just that's all we want. Um yeah, I think the match was. I thought the match was good. I think the match was. Do good. you think it was? Do you think it was better than their Wrestle Kingdom match from January? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do you? I would say, in terms of the drama, yes. Right. I think Jay White over the last year has really grown into the character, and it was exciting. I was excited by t- towards the end of it, but. I don't know. I just like you. I want to see a Jay White who could wrestle a match without all the cheating. And I'll still boo him. He can still be a heel, a dastardly heel, and do that. But he doesn't need all of that because it does drag the quality of the match down for me. For me too. And I and again, I think that that's that's the the main issue. People that that are cut from our cloth is so. That's what we're saying is that we know it's there. We and again, we get it. You're you're a heel. You're the biggest dick in the fucking promotion and again maybe we're waiting maybe this is the, the, the stage that we need at, at at wrestle kingdom but here's here's my fear with that that match is not going to be him and okada we're talking about that match is not going to be a you know wouldn't make sense for it to be a a wrestling classic right it's just going to be a fight right that, that would that would make the most sense it's not going to be a match where it's give and take and 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 move for move and big kickouts and shit like that. It's going to be a fight, right? Isn't that, isn't that how that match should be structured? And I don't. And that just leads in, down that same path of oh, more heel bullshit from Jay White. And okay, Okada's got to you know fight back from getting fucked over again from ghetto who's who's on the outside and you know that's i I mean i could see that a mile away and that's again not necessarily what we're all looking for here we're looking for if this is going to be a blow-off match we're kind of hoping it's it's a great blow-off match and i just I'm, i'm worried that it won't be I've got a question for you about the NJPW Global Twitter account because earlier on in the week, it said, relive the moment that Jay White and Gato betray Okada to take the glory for themselves. It was last Jay week. One of the most, <laughs> yeah, one of the most hated uh, men in wrestling now. Will Okada do anything on Monday to get his revenge? Surely he must be fuming. Now, I said, I don't really like this because it's taking the attention away from Tanahashi and Jay White and putting the attention on an Okada running. So you're going to be sitting there thinking... Is Okada going to run in? Is he going to run in? And that is going to perhaps detract from your enjoyment or attention towards the match. Am I out to lunch here? No, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I mean, I think 
there has to be there has to be some synergy between what is you know shared on social media and and you know advancing storylines and and you know it's it's always a thin line you don't want to you know let the cat out of the bag early or or kind of have people read into things and and again I think I don't think it's a huge thing mind you because to me we talk, and we talked about it last week you know with Jay White and you know and Tanahashi nobody really thought that Tanahashi was losing, right? Everybody kind of felt like Tanahashi was going to win. But at, in the same breath, you really didn't want Jay White to take a, a clean fall. Um, and if he was going to have to take a clean fall, um, some shenanigans, some screwiness. And I don't even think we got that much in, in that particular instance. But then, you know, the after the match stuff and, and, and uh, Okada hitting the ring and, and then... <laughs> and then the unification, reunification, melding of whatever we got going on now. Um, all that. So, I don't know. I feel like this is, I feel, I feel negative on this show and I feel negative toward what we're describing. It, it, it everything just felt, felt a little flat for me. And, it's it, it's just we're it just seems like we're we're eating leftovers. That's really what it feels like. It, it feels like we're eating leftovers, and I'm like, okay, more bullet club stuff, huh? Okay, great, <laughs> more leftovers. I was actually really enjoying this show up until that point, basically, where I think it kind of degenerated into a bit of an overbooked mess. So we got these post match shenanigans, and we seem to have a kind of Oceania heel stable where we've got Gorillas of Destiny, Fale, Ishimori, Jado, Gado and Jay White now joining their ranks which confused me a bit because the whole philosophy behind Tamatonga and the Bullet Club OGs splitting up from the Bullet Club back whenever it was was that they didn't want to take orders from anyone they didn't want to be subordinate to Kenny Omega now, if they start pushing Jay White as the leader of this stable, then that's going to be contradictory for me. And a lot of people did predict this about Jay White being the head of the firing squad or whatever. And I poo-pooed it. And it turns out I was wrong. But to me, it's just not going to sit right if Jay White becomes the quote-unquote leader of this group. Yeah. Well, um... <laughs> I... I, I... I would have loved. I mean, one of the 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 the, the historical storyline pieces to the character of Jay White is that he is a master manipulator. So I guess he needs someone or some things to manipulate, right? That being said, again, we. I I just want things to to die. <laughs> I just want things to just end, and 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 it's and it feels like right now all of the things that I want to end are at the top of the card, right? Everything that I'm over and I'm in because you're right. Even this lot of the stuff down the bottom of the show, the beginning of the show, I was really kind of okay with, and it was really toward the top when I was like, oh, these are the things I don't like. Um, yeah, that's 
leftovers, man. Leftovers is what is is what it is. It's just an all we're doing. All, here's what we're doing. All we're doing is we're, we're adding a, 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 a little sauce to stuff that we've eaten for a long fucking time. We got a, we got a new hot sauce. Somebody bought a new hot sauce, Joel. We got a new sriracha, new flavor, maybe a little garlic. Uh, and we're just putting it on the same fucking food that we've had for it feels like a long time. Do you think it's fair to say that the golden era, uh, talking about like the the Bushy Road era, is over, and that this is a new era, the the May era, if you like? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, again. I, Look back two years ago, three years ago, and again, things change, and you have to grow, and you have to evolve, and you have to move forward. And and doesn't just moving forward doesn't necessarily mean you're moving better. Forward is not always better, right? It, it's not. It, we're moving. We're definitely moving away from where we were, um, and and here and here's where we are. And and I think that they have to put put a stamp on that, and I think that's what we're looking at. Um, is it something that that I'm um, look more than ever, more than ever in the past five years, more than ever in the past five years, have have I seen? You know, I'm seeing more question marks. And more and more feedback of what what's happening, and more feedback of you know maybe this isn't for me. And I'm seeing more feedback of you know what I'm, I'm really thinking about canceling my New Japan subscription. And you know me this like I'm seeing more and more and more of that. And again, I'm not a guy that's like hopping on Twitter every five seconds. For me to see that, I can't imagine it for somebody who's hardcore. There, I mean, this is this is where it starts, right? This is this is kind of the 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 the, the, the groundswell, both positive and negative. You know, five years ago, it was positive. Is that it was those little, hey, you got to check out this match, and hey, you should you should see this show, and and hey, here's another. You know, there that was five years ago. Now it's the opposite of. Oh man, I can't believe. Are they really doing this? And this is—is is this what we, you know? It, that's that's where we are. It feels like. Um, I don't think that there's any. I don't think there's any mistake that it's at the same time when we have a new ownership and and a new direction, and a new corporate kind of destination and goal when it comes to expansion. I don't think that I don't think these things. Uh, I don't think these things can't be connected. I think they are connected. Okay, well, let's talk about the uh, seventh match on the card, which was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship Tournament Final, where Kushida beat Marty Skull in 18 minutes and 33 seconds after Back to the Future. Now, one the way this match started off was not dissimilar to the match they had in the Best of Super Juniors, and Kushida and Skull matches feel a little bit overly choreographed to me at the start. But about halfway through, it turned really nasty, and I loved it. Yeah, 
because Marty is a fun comedy wrestler at times, but then when he gets that tap on the shoulder, flicks the switch, whatever, he turns into a sadistic little bastard. He reminds me a bit of Pete Dunne, the way he maims his opponents and drops them on their heads. I thought this was a really good match, very hot crowd. I thought this was, uh, for me, right up there with with some of the best matches of the show. Um, it might be my second, might be my first, you know? I, I, that's... <laughs> Not for being very decisive on that, but uh, it's up there. I, it, I thought this was one of the better matches of the show. Kushida, I, I know people are kind of feeling like, uh, you know, I talk a lot about feeling like leftovers and we're getting a new spin. I, but he's one guy that I don't necessarily mind him winning winning the title again. Um, I, I like the idea of him holding the title and people challenging him because I know that we're in store for really good matches. Uh, I think Marty Skrull did great. I, I, and, and you're right. I, there is, there, it's, sometimes it's hit or miss with him, and you can get too much comedy and too much nonsense. But, yeah, when he does flick the switch and become sinister and evil and very um, uh, sadistic, maybe? Did I say sadistic already? Uh, you get my point. Uh the ones, the one thing in this match though that will stick with me is Kushida not being able to grip, right? His hands hurting and and uh, getting worked over, and then not being able to grip. But then, like a minute later, we're scooping, you know, finish. And then he hits another one, scooping finish. Um, that one was just like, hey, I think your hands just hurt. But uh, other than that. But I thought this was, match was solid, really good, and I think only good things can come from a Kushida title run. They did do a very similar spot in their best of the Super Juniors match, and I'm going to defend Kushida here because I think the story with that was he couldn't do the hoverboard lock because he needed his fingers to grip, but good maybe point. with the Back to the Future, he didn't need the fingers. It was more the, I don't know, the, the arms. All right. That. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him that one. He can have that one. Yep. Um, who do you think? would be his next challenger um, going into Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, I mean, not to give away spoilers on a show that people have already have seen, but you, you would think Shingo would be front and center uh, or Ishimori. Um, I'm going to go with the hot hand and say Shingo. I've got a feeling it's going to be more Ishimori. I think Shingo might be involved in junior tag action and i know that's gonna upset a lot of people but we'll touch on shingo later um let's move back one step then and the sick match on the card which was supposed to be a special singles match between evil and zack saber jr which turned into a no mm. contest because surprise surprise chris jericho did oh hello scampy yeah Are you catching all of this he was very excited for that match he was too bad he didn't see it <laughs> he's a big Zack Sabre Jr. fan and I could also hear a bunch of British lads in the crowd with the Seven Nation Army oh Zack Sabre Jr. chant which yeah. I liked so Jericho did his attack as we predicted you know he pretty much telegraphed it on Twitter by saying wrestling is boring now, how many times has he done that now appeared incognito and he did that to Kenny Omega twice he's done it to Naito 
at least once, and now he's done it to evil. So I don't know if the novelty starting to wear off with these surprise Jericho attacks. But uh, anyway, I really like Zack Sabre Jr. just standing there and watching it with that look on his face like, I'm above all this shit. And I don't normally approve of shenanigans like this, but I thought it was a pretty smart way to keep both guys strong and also set up the Naito-Zack Sabre Jr. feuds. The crowd seemed really into it. Have you got any problems with the fact that they ditched the scheduled match? A little bit, because to me, on paper, that, that would be a real interesting, fun match. Um, and they've spent you know, a decent amount of time having evil, you know, eat pinfalls to Zach and Zach kind of, you know, pushing his buttons in post-match interview. So, yeah, I was, I, I, I am a little bit disappointed um, in that we didn't get a match. Uh, is, is the Jericho thing played out at this point? The, the attacks? Um, yeah, look, we, we know where we stand with this intercontinental title and, Finally, he'll we'll we'll see it defended. One of my favorite lines was "The leaves are changing" <laughs> um, from last week's show. Uh, yeah, um, I don't think I don't think it, anyone was surprised. And and I will say this, and I know that it, it doesn't mean anything me saying this now, but when they had the druids, I know my druids. Uh, when they had the druids, I I did think out loud. As a matter of fact. Jericho's one of those guys. Jericho's there. Um, I thought it would be a post-match beatdown, hoping for that, but pre-match and then um, Naito making the save after Zach decided to clean up the mess on Evil. And um, I liked I liked the idea of Naito Zach. That, that that should be fun. That should be good. And again, if we finally get an Intercontinental Title defense from Jericho, um, that'd be nice to see too, because we haven't had that. All fucking year. So, do you think a power struggle? We're getting Zack Sabre Jr. against Naito, and then Evil against Jericho, as yes. everyone is predicting. Yep. Are you excited for a Jericho match? I mean, I'm excited for the idea of someone finally getting that belt off of him, but uh, I don't know about the match itself. Um, we'll see. You know, it's it's easy to hand wave Jericho at, at this point and say, uh, you know, how good of a match is it going to be? He he can deliver. I really do. I think he can deliver. Um, I don't think it's going to... I, I, but here's the thing, too. Once again, here's another example. I really feel like this kind of almost has to be more of a brawl than anything else for this to work. Um, and I am I am curious to see how well a guy with evil style wrestles a guy like Jericho. It isn't a little bit more of an interesting match. Um, Look, all I'm hoping for, well, you're not going to say it. I was going to say all I'm hoping for is Jericho to lose this title. But, again, we're, we're building toward Wrestle Kingdom. So, hopefully, that, that'll be that. And um, I, think, I think it's a safe bet that Jericho walks away uh, retaining a power struggle. Yeah, I'm just slightly apprehensive given that evil, slow, brawling style isn't necessarily when he's at his best. Like, I recall his... Never open weight title challenge against Goto earlier in the year. I think that was a new beginning, falling a bit flat. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. But I'm not gonna hold my breath for anything brilliant from that encounter. But what I did like from this was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. calling out Naito for doing the running so late, saying oh, you're about five minutes late. Nice of you to turn up now. And <laughs> yeah. then when Naito is saying tranquilo, saying I don't speak Spanish, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, right. He's the best. Uh, he's my favorite wrestler in New Japan right now. 
He's my favorite wrestler in New Japan uh, by by a decent mile. Um, he's entertaining, backstage stuff, the way he presents himself, um, and match quality all together. He's, 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 he's top of the rung for me. Okay, well, the match prior to that then, uh, match five, was the LIJ team of Tetsuya Naito, Sonada Bushi, and the debuting Shingo Takagi, defeating the Chaos team of Sho, Yo, Toriyano, and Kazuchika Okada, with Shingo pinning Sho after nine minutes, following his move that it says on the New Japan website is called Last of the Dragon. So I guess we can take another victory lap here, because we called it. And my little article on Voices of Wrestling, if anyone saw that, also called that. That was top of my list of guesses. And I'm not exactly calling myself clairvoyant here. It was the obvious pick. But there were a hell of a lot of people who were scoffing at the idea of Shingo being the new LIJ member, saying, oh, he's not going to be a junior. He's a heavyweight star. Why would he go and be in the, the shitty New Japan junior division? So pump the brakes on that, right? Kenny Omega started off as junior. Yep. Doesn't mean anything. He might be a junior for now might we don't know that yet he might be he might be bushi's partner but he could easily move up to heavyweight before long and be challenging for the top price he could be challenging for the iwgp heavyweight title before long because i think he's that good i think he's a fantastic wrestler so if you haven't seen any of his matches i would recommend going to check out his match with shuji ishikawa from the all japan champion carnival earlier this year i think we might have mentioned that several months ago actually because that's a terrific match and you can see exactly what kind of stuff Shingo can do there. Uh, I thought the commentary team did a fantastic job putting over Shingo, especially Kevin Kelly with the last falconry move saying, you can count to a thousand, and he's still not going to kick out of that. They they did a really good job there. And I just think it's a great fit for him. Shingo, he he looks great. I love his music. I think he's going to fit right in with LIJ. Now, with Hiromu in there, he's going to be six of the coolest motherfuckers in the company. And it's breathing new life into LIJ, who I said last week were dead prior to this. But now, a bit more exciting. Yeah. You could see Shingo giving them the shot in the arm that they need and, and reviving them. So, what did you think of this? Like, Could you talk us through what you think the next year might look like for Shingo? Yeah, I, 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 and, I, and I just kind of want to stick on a point that you made seconds ago in that... He was not brought in to New Japan Pro Wrestling to remain a junior. I think that isolate that audio, put it on your desktop, and play it. You know, every couple months because he's he's he will be a heavyweight. I promise you that. Uh, he will not be staying as a junior. I promise you that. He was brought in to be a main player, very similar to that of. Kenny Omega, right? Again, we're going to start him as a junior. Don't, don't, don't lose your mind. Uh, he will be a, a heavyweight eventually. And again, he's got the talent and the skill and uh, the uh, wherewithal to be a big time player, big time player uh, in the, in the heavyweight. So don't fear. For those of you who are uh, a little disappointed that maybe he's uh, going to flounder in the juniors, which he won't, uh, because there's plenty of talent there. Uh, it's 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 the future in which he will be. I'll say sooner than later. Sooner than later, he'll be a heavyweight in in in, in, in and in the mix. Um, that's why he was brought in. So let's say hypothetically that Shingo and Bushi enter this junior tag league. They win it. They go on to face uh, El Desperado and Kanemaru 
say, in the opener of Wrestle Kingdom 13, beat them, win those titles. Hiromu comes back and they all do a, an LIJ six-man fist bump in the middle of the ring. Would that be a satisfactory yes. beginning? Great beginning, right? I think everybody would agree with that. That would be a great beginning um, if, if that were the case. Yes. And you know what? Uh, let me ask you a quick question. You said, who's the never six-man t- uh, champions? That is uh, right. G.O.D. and Ishimori. Oh, wow. Look at you. Good job. I could not answer that question right now. I was like, who the fuck are the champions? Uh, again, um, po- uh, possibly there as well. So, no, I think we start with the junior tag, and I think it, in that scenario you, that you've laid out would be an ideal way to open up Wrestle Kingdom. What do you think is a ceiling for Shingo in New Japan? I'm telling you, he's going to be a heavyweight, and he's going to be in the mix. Now, does that mean IWGP heavyweight championship mix? I don't know. But he'll be a heavyweight and you know work his way up and we'll see where that takes him but yeah i I definitely see him not staying as a junior uh well anyway i'm personally looking forward to the casuals finding out about the monkey scandal and then oh that's gonna be a lot of fun (laughs) please let's move on (laughs) oh god (sighs) oh Okay, next match then. Uh, this was the fourth match on the show. We had the Chaos team of Will Ospreay, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii defeating the Suzuki-gun team of Takashi Izuka, Taichi, and Minoru Suzuki with young William Ospreay getting the pinfall on the never-open-weight champion Taichi after 12 minutes with the Stormbreaker. So this was something that was called by, as we mentioned earlier, Andrew Rich. So this is going to be a very exciting opportunity for Ospreay to challenge Taichi for the never-open-weight title, probably at Power Struggle. And we also got some other stuff here. We got Ishii and Suzuki having a little tease for their match. That's I think it's coming up very soon for the Red Pro title. Uh, what are your expectations for the Taichi and Osprey match in terms of the quality? Once again, it's a scenario of which Taichi we're getting. Are we getting nonsense? Are we getting non-nonsense? Now, being in the ring with Will Ospreay helps, and I think that that will help curtail the nonsense. I really do. Now, do I think that we're going to get junior heavyweight championship title match of the year? No. Do I think I'm go- we're going to get uh, heavyweight, you know, never one of the best never openweight championship matches ever? No. But I think the possibilities of a really strong match outweigh those of, oh, this is going to just be a nonsense match. I really do. And I think Osprey is a good, a good challenger to make that happen. Um, so I'm going to set the, the, the bar. I'm going to set the, the bar. At four. I'm setting it at four. Joel, you think we go over or above four? I say we're hitting four. We're not putting any cartwheels on the line for this, right? No cartwheels. I'll tell you what. I think it, I think it hits four. I could, here's the thing. I really do. Uh, like I don't think I don't. I'm. I'm. I, I really do. I, I think we hit four. I uh, love the finish to this this tag match. Just when we have Osprey running in, and there was that Spanish fly counter from the belt shot, and then Gotto telling Osprey to go and get Tai Chi. I thought that was a great finish. Yeah. And, Will sold it brilliantly. 
like he just scored the winning goal in the cup final. Like he was besides himself, and that was great. I think they just did a terrific job with that all round. I, I love that angle. I agree. I, and again, we said it from from the beginning to the end. I we we loved the show, and then just progressively, it just got more like you know what I mean. But this is a good example of kind of like where. Where where we're peaking when it comes to okay this makes sense this is good storyline this is how you build contenders this is this is how you know storylines progress and uh, yeah I love the fact Will got the fall and how it got, how it happened good stuff I said it was a bit like the new season of a TV show where they've got to set up all their new storylines for the upcoming series so a lot of stuff that I liked and a lot of stuff obviously we've already gone over that we're not so keen on. What do you think is next for Goto? I mean, I think it's no surprise that we'll see him in some type of six-man tag team action come Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I think the bigger question to me is what him and an Ishii and uh, a Rocky Romero, like where, what's chaos? I know people are kind of down on chaos in general. But do they just remain, you know, with Okada as their leader? And then are we going to have another faction more? That doesn't interest Damien, me. Damien, you, you are the last person in the world who I thought was going to ask about something like that. I know. but I that, you don't care about the factions at all. I don't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, is that is that where we're going? Are we going to have another faction more? I, I really hope not. But, but, but again, what, what do we do with Goto and Ishii? Uh, more, Put them in more. a tag team, win the World Tag League. Bang. Okay. I I, I mean... And then they challenge G.O.D.? Yeah. I'd okay. be down with that. All right. All right. Listen, I think the most important question is, is what what about what about Beretta and, and Chucky e. T? I mean, how are they going to survive? Yano. Yano. Hey, tell me, what are they going to do? That's the most important thing. I guess we should also mention that the Bullet Club OGs have signed up Robbie Eagles, yes. uh, an Australian wrestler. Uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, we've really got this Oceania feel to it with we've got Australians and New Zealands and Tongans all joining together. And to me, it would actually it would make a lot of sense for Hinari to join that stable at some point. But we'll see about that. But that was a bit of a funny one because the, the Robbie Eagles thing was only announced by... Bad Luck Farley on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a missed opportunity for me. I know there were a lot of angles on this show. So maybe they thought there's so much going on. Let's just leave that one. But they could have flown him in and, and done something or announced it rather than the way it did go down. I mean, it was quite fortunate that Chris Charlton was so bored by the opening parts of Marty against Kushida that he was started fucking about on his phone and saw it announced <laughs> on Twitter. Right. But that's how it went down. Um, I haven't seen much of Robbie Eagles. I've had I've asked for some match recommendations and people have given me stuff on Twitter, which I will retweet out there. And a lot of people have said his 2017 match at um, uh, an event called Call to Arms, I think if I've got that correct, was really good. And that match is actually sitting on my YouTube Watch Later playlist, which is a fucking black hole of hundreds and hundreds of videos of old wrestling matches that I'm never going to watch. And um, speed runs from awesome games done quick and all crap like that so it's been sitting there for well over a year still haven't watched it yet but I will try and do it now so have you seen anything by Robbie Eagles I have a couple matches not truth be told not that much but um, when I think you or some was it you that kind of asked for some recommendations um, yes yeah so 
again, a lot of people that that names I recognize from Australia, even friends of mine from Australia, um, mentioned those specific matches. Osp- again, you're in the ring with Osprey. It's, I can't say it's difficult to ha- not have a good match, but um, you know those are those are some recommendations. So. Uh, yeah, I think everybody's got a, a little bit of watching, but everybody's really high on them. Everybody's, you know, you know, one of the comments that I saw was, you know, probably the the best Australian pro wrestler that's finally getting a chance in a big in a big spotlight. So uh, I'm sure he'll make Buddy the most Murphy. Of it. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I think he's doing great. I don't know if you see much of him. I, I think Two or Five Live is fantastic, and I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, he and Cedric Alexander put in a really good match. But anyway, yeah, they always do well. Fine, right. Right, right. <laughs> but okay. but he they're, he's getting rave reviews. So again, I, I guess everybody's going to have some homework to do when it comes to that. Okay, and that match, uh, the third match was uh, the team of Taiji Shimori, Tangalo, Tamatonga, and Bad Luck Fale defeating the team of Chase Owens, Hangman Page, Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, 12 minutes, Tamatonga pinning Chase Owens after a kill shot. It's saying here, I thought it was a gun stun. I don't know, maybe this is a different move. I wasn't really paying attention. But... I want to ask you, now that the BCOGs have stopped with all the cheating shenanigans, they do actually seem to be wrestling proper tag matches, are you enjoying them more? Yes. Because Ishimori, I think he's the only one in the group that has value as a singles wrestler, but I'm quite enjoying these multi-man tags. And as I was saying earlier, you can still be a group of arsehole heels that get booed, but have clean finishes in their matches. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said it from the jump that they are more fit for to be a tag team and and the best stuff that you get from them are in a tag environment. So yes, protect them, um, hide flaws, show um, and and promote strengths. That's, that's a tag environment. So yeah, I think they're tailor made and they keep them in there. They're not they're much more easy to to digest. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, and the second match on the show was the GBH team of Tomaki Homa and Togi Makabe defeating the team of Toa Hanare and Juice Robinson in 10 minutes with Makabe pinning Toa Hanare after a King Kong knee drop. Uh, without going into too many details, basically I was at the hospital with my wife at this point. She's okay, don't worry. But while this match was going on on my phone, I was standing next to her in a hospital while she was like crushing my hand. She was in quite a lot of discomfort. So I wasn't really paying attention to this match. And I think if she'd have seen that I was watching New Japan Pro Wrestling <laughs> while she was undergoing the thing that she was undergoing, then she probably wouldn't have been too pleased. But all I can say about this match is it obviously, as we all predicted, it's setting up uh, GBH for give them a bit of shine going into the World Tag League. Um, we did have some new gear from Juice Robinson. Yeah. which looks pretty cool. He's always a, a well-dressed man. And I always enjoy the Togi Makabe dub theme song, which is kind of reminds me of like Attitude Era, Jim Johnston, Jobber music. Um, there was an interesting discussion there about fragmented factions and all the shit that's going on. And it occurred to me that, weirdly enough, Suzuki-Goon are the most harmonious group at the moment. Everyone seems to be getting along just fine in Suzuki-Goon for the arsehole heel group. And I've got to say, the left arm doesn't seem to be getting much better for Honma. I don't know if it's the sort of thing that's going to improve over time. What do you think is next for Juice Robinson? Because he seems pretty aimless at the moment. Do you think he's getting anything at Wrestle Kingdom? Is this a bit of a missed opportunity, or is he in the right place? I don't think he's in the right place. Um, They're going to try and get as many people on this show as possible, this Wrestle Kingdom show. Where he fits into the mix, it's not... Look... Could he theoretically 
get a rematch against Cody Rhodes and yes, and and win the title again. Sure, like, that could happen. Um, could he be stuck in a six man tag and win the never tag? Yes, of course. But that's 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 where we're looking at. I don't see anything high profile. Um, I don't I don't know why. <laughs> I, I would I'd like to see it. I don't think we are. I think he'll be middle of the show, early show. He's either going to be in a multi man tag for those never titles, or um, the I think the ceiling is a rematch with Cody Rhodes. Do you think there's any particular reason why Makabe and Homer were singled out for this mini push? Do you think there's any chance of them making it to the finals or possibly even win the World Tag League? I, I, I I'm, I'm worried watching Honma. I, I don't like watching him. <laughs> and not like, oh, he stinks kind of way. In a, he's just not well. And... Uh, no, I I just think that that this was a, 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 a an opportunity for them to get a win to kind of remind people that they are a tag team and they're in the tournament and again just a warm up. I I I I don't see them being like a, in a finals or anything like that. I, I I hope not. I just don't think he can stand the 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 grind of that. I worry about that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And then the opening match, we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship with the champions, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, defeating the challengers of Tiger Mask and Jushin Thunder Liger Boo. in 9 minutes and 51 seconds with El Desperado getting the pin. At least he pinned Tiger Mask. He didn't pin your boy Jushin. So right. there's that at least after a pinche locker. I expected to enjoy this match and this lived up to expectations. This is a really fun way to open the show. I just like the dynamics of having the grumpy veterans against the dickhead heels. Like uh, we had a, a great spot with Tiger Mask slapping El Desperado on top of the rope. So it was just it played out a little bit differently to the usual matches we've seen with um, the Suzuki Gun team going up against classic baby faces of Rapongi 3K. I would have liked for this to go a bit longer because I was really enjoying it. But it's a fun opener considering the combined age of all the people involved. And um, we got the Junior Tag League announcement probably tomorrow. It'll probably be as soon as we put this show online. Um, I mean, I don't think there's much point going through what possible teams we might see. I mean, it could be anyone. There's plenty of names you could throw out there. But how do you see that Junior Tag League playing out? If you had to predict who you would see in the final, what would you say? Um, I think I think it's this is a, an LIJ spotlight, right? So I I, I would think... Shingo Bushi would would be in that mix. I think uh, Eagles Ishimori are definitely in that mix. So I would go between one of those two um, being in, being in the finals and uh, eventually challenging for the um, junior belts. And uh, again, if 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 we're doing the knife to the throat, gun to the head, rope around the toe, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to rope around the toe. I just made that up. I just made that up. Uh, I, I just picked a body part and a weapon of choice. It was kind of like Clue I just did. I did the candlestick and uh, the butthole. Um, let's say, uh, of course, I say Shingo and, uh, and Bushi against uh, El Desperado. Kind of more at Wrestle Kingdom. Now... I think it would be a really fun final for this junior tag league to have 
Bushi and Shingo against Ishimori and Eagles. That would be great. But then, where does that leave Rapongi 3K? Because I thought the whole point of this match, you know, given a bit of shine for Kanemaru and Desperado heading into the league, and prior to Shingo and Robbie Eagles being announced, I thought it was a nailed on certainty that we were getting Rapongi 3K against Desperado and Kanemaru at the Dome. But now... I'm not so sure because I thought we'd get that rematch because it feels like when they had their match at Dominion, they left a lot in the bag because it was pretty short. But now I don't know. And I kind of like that. I like the uncertainty there. Yeah, I do too. Um, but you did, you did bring up a really good point of, you know, show and yo are kind of just floundering around, not doing a, a, doing a whole bunch of nothing at this point. So, um, yeah. I mean, there's, look, they got a lot of talent. I, I, I don't know how you're going to shoehorn all these people on this show. You know, you, you, you got you got the rumble, I guess. <laughs> We're going to shoehorn people in. There, there's, there's, there's the spot. There's the match you're doing. I just had a horrible thought that they might do a four-way for the junior tag league. Oh, they used to. But yeah. surely having this junior tag league precludes them from doing that because you wouldn't go to the effort of booking a whole junior tag league and then just stick an extra two teams in that match anyway, would you? Mm. <laughs> I mean, nothing would surprise me at this point, to be truthful. I mean, we just came off a Cody, uh, uh, Omega, Abushi three-way that kind of just was like, why are we doing this? Um, nothing would surprise me at this point, Joel. So, yeah, look look for, look for a, a nice three-way dance, uh, for the, for the junior titles that that would be uh, that would be wonderful. So that was King of Pro Wrestling and overall I would say it was a good show. I'm going to say it was a good show and I was really enjoying it basically up until all the shenanigans following the the Jay White Tanahashi match and the main event. So what are your thoughts on the whole of this show? Good, not great. Maybe one of my least favorite King of Pro Wrestling shows. Um, I liked I liked the beginning. I, I think we started out well. We and, and moved through the card, and there were good things and, and good happenings. It just seemed like it turned uh, a turn for the worse when it comes to my preferences in in my pro wrestling. Um, and I think it, it kind of hit a boiling point with me where it was like, okay, enough of this. This is this is really getting ridiculous. So uh, with that crescendo of uh, the triple threat. It was what it was. What are we going to do? We can move on. Um, and again, the programs that they have right now, again, we're looking forward to Jay White and Tanahashi. There are question marks there. We want we want Jay White to be able to uh, – excuse me, what am I saying? Uh, Kenny Omega and, and Tanahashi, of course, is what I'm saying. Kenny Omega, Tanahashi, we know that would be great. Uh, it's Okada and Jay White. And again, our concerns there uh, of Jay White having a, a, a great match. It's, that's really going to put him over the top. Uh, but that would be a nice little cap to a feud. Again, if we're doing Naito Jericho, hopefully we finally see that title being defend, defended. Naito hopefully picking up a title win. Uh, and then, again, there's a bunch of other storylines that are under, the, uh, under, the, under that. And then uh, are interesting. But uh, let's 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 keep these triple threat matches to uh, let's 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 put that the rest. <laughs> All right, no more of these, and uh, we can move on, and, and we don't have to speak anything else of it. 
Okay. Now, pulling back the curtain slightly, Damon, you have shown a great deal of commitment to the podcast and our fans by... Well, well you tell us. What's going on with you this morning? What time did you have to wake up for this? Uh, well, it's been a busy weekend. So uh, this is, we're going to celebrate uh, the Mrs. Birthday, and we're, going, we're heading down to uh, Washington, D.C., I'm going to spend a couple of days down there. Uh, there's a concert that we're looking forward to seeing. Um, so we're going to spend some time down there. But, yeah, we uh, I'm literally hitting stop, sending the file, getting in the shower, hopping in the car, and driving down. <laughs> and I can hear my wife pacing outside. So uh, I woke up early to watch this. We did a reaction show right out of the gate. And then uh, literally I'm hitting stop, sending the file over, getting in the shower and out the door. So, uh yeah, listen, I'm dedicated. I want to make sure that the only other time we would be able to make this work would be well after the show and all everybody's takes would be out there. So uh, we wanted to give you guys a listen. Again, maybe it wasn't the most positive show. Maybe it wasn't the most, uh, you know, uh, you know, unicorn and rainbow and sunshine and all that. But uh, we got to give our honest takes. We got to give you our honest feelings. Um, and I think we owe that to you. So, yeah, that's that's what we're doing here. Yeah, so you'll forgive us for not having your listener questions, but I'm sure they can wait till next weekend. I don't know if there's going to be that much to discuss then. Um, but I guess that is all from us for this week. you got an instant reaction show, and that is a bonus. So, uh, Damon, any final words before I do the plugs and you go on your wonderful trip away? Um, well, listen, first of all, uh, take care of the missus. Uh, I know she, she might be uh, a little bit... Uh... Uh, under the weather, we'll call it, and uh, so we'll uh, give her the best, and uh, buy t-shirts, people. We could definitely use your help. Uh, we got a, we got, a, what a wonderful uh, piece of artwork we got sent our way, and it was the first draft, and I think I can speak for Joel, and we were blown away by that, so we're so excited that it'll be coming up in the next week or so, I would hope, and then uh, we'll let you know when that's live, but in the meantime... Uh, I got my T-shirts yesterday, and they look wonderful. What a what what a, what a great job! So again, prowrestlingtees.com/slash/superjcast. You can help support us and the show and all of our negativity. Help support that. <laughs> all right, thank you very much, then, Damon. So as always. Get on the Discord if you want to chat to all the cool people we got over there and occasionally Damon and myself popping in there with our hot takes. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Tees store. Uh, a big thank you to Editor Dan who has moved house now and should be A-OK and ready to resume his outstanding duties as the editor of this fine show. So please give his YouTube channel 219 Films a visit and also subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. A lot of excellent stuff out there. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.